Hello, and welcome to the Keen on Things podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Keen, with the best 30 minutes of sleep and show business. Uh, this is episode 109. It's a small world because I'm traveling. Uh, I am on uh, about the fifth fifth or sixth week uh, of a six-week trip. Um, you know, I can't believe the microphone works so well because it is not picking up sounds uh, on any of these last five episodes. I've listened to them here. I've tried to post them. I don't either have the bandwidth width on uh, the ship. And then when I try to take it to shore, I can't get good enough access on Anchor FM. So you're really letting me down internationally, Anchor. Um, but you know who's not letting me down? Scriptpipeline.com, where you can send your screenplay or your show idea and get coverage. Coverage meaning someone can look at it, uh, analyze it, look at its sellability, uh, its possible <clears throat> uh, yeah, reach, and give you notes give you notes back if it's good enough they get it into the right hands so that you can live wherever man you can live in australia where i'm traveling now and sell screenplays or show ideas and just maybe stuff gets shelved maybe gets made maybe what gets made isn't what you wanted perfectly but you get paid it eyeballs get on it and you get paid so a lot of people don't want to send something in because they're like oh this way i can just blame the business, you know, I could just blame the process. I can blame Hollywood for not liking me or not being an insider. So you don't send it in because then you have somebody to blame. Um, and you're afraid to get real notes. You're afraid to rewrite. Or rewrite is scarier than hell. Nothing scarier than rewriting. Um, writing is one thing, but rewriting and having to go back and making it and it turns into work. Anyway, scriptpipeline.com, one word. Um, maybe it's the editing system. What am I doing there? Okay. So, yeah, these are coming out nice, these podcasts, sound-wise. Okay, Australia Koala. Uh, got to see a koala. Beautiful. Went into a little ko- ko- koala uh, park. Koala, not commune, sanctuary. Koala sanctuary in Sydney. You can also do it in Brisbane. And in Brisbane is Queensland, I believe. So you're able to hold a koala. You're able to hold a koala. You can't. Um, oh, another Colorado shooting. That that puts them in the lead, right? Job America. Um, so yeah, you're able to hold a koala, but Sydney, you can't, you can go to a sanctuary, but got to see kangaroos, got a funny joke. I think I did it last week about, I got to hold one of those cute little gray things, the kangaroos, that's it. Um, and whatever, koala sleep for about 20 hours a day, just like comedians, just like cruise ship passengers, the ship. Um, oh yeah. So we landed in Sydney the same day that one ship did with 800 positive COVID cases. I don't know. I think was that discovery? Or was that the princess? I don't know which line or ship it was, but they were across the bay from us. Eight hundred positive cases. Somehow we had zero. I can't imagine that's accurate. Uh, and then we just sailed out of Dodge that Saturday. Like, we're good, right? Okay, cool. You saw our IDs and we're all set. Because, anyway. I don't think I did a script pipeline ad placement last week. I'm off the grid, independent. Good luck getting financed. Um so yeah sydney was great man what a beautiful bay that is and we got a nice shot you know because not a lot of people get a, a nice shot of uh of the opera house which has amazing acoustics someone just took a sphere basically and they covered carved up all the sphere they cut up the spheres and then they made it work um acoustically it's like beautiful the, the engineers from you know of course denmark or the netherlands or norway or germany or something um but uh, it's amazing. So yeah, getting to see sailing out of Sydney, getting to see the Opera House from that view, 
It's just amazing. I was sending them to my friend Joe, who used to live in Sydney for two years. Um, and we ate at the fish market down on the water, which all that fish is not that comes from somewhere else. Um, and anything they catch goes to China or something, and then that stuff is like we got the second fiddle stuff. Na, na. Oh man, uh, I've been working out so much every day, and I still it doesn't look it. It doesn't. It's so frustrating. It's like how much do you need to exercise to get? You just can't get fifty off your body. But it's been like that for a long time. I, I you know, I, I worked out a ton over the years. I'd go on sporadic things, and you just, I'm like, I don't have the body. I just don't. You need to have some DNA. I know people that don't work out and look just fine, like better than I do. But I just don't. I've got some mutant gene. Uh, my sister and brother don't have it, thank God. Even my disabled brother doesn't have it. But I've just got something where it just doesn't. No matter what I do, it's 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 just not happening. Maybe it's the diet. I'm really going to look at diet this year at 50 now. Go to a, uh, well, dietitian or a, uh, I don't know, why am I blanking on the term? Um a uh a proteinologist uh someone who handles diet i don't know i'm done with words um so yeah so we're about five minutes and this is going to be a long set i think i got a lot of stuff to talk about so the ship it, we're almost we're coming to, back i got like a less than a week left here before we pull we're doing the great barrier reef tomorrow and then um darwin and then we do darwin and then i'm from darwin i fly to singapore it's a five-hour flight, five, six-hour flight. And then from Singapore, I fly home to LAX. And then from LAX, uh, I guess I'll Uber. Or I will uh, get to the train station and train down. Um, since time is not really of the essence later this week. Uh, and then from San Juan, I can Uber home. Baby. Okay. Sets, comedy sets. The actual shows, when they're in theaters, stand-up comedy. I'm not talking about music or impressions. The comedy sets on the ship are a wreck. No pun intended, no pun accomplished. Um, they're just not They're not good. Uh, it's a lot of memorization. And I think I got overexposed. I think I had to do too much stage time, too many shows. And I was just running out of, like, the materials there, but not, like, the fluidity. I haven't rehearsed all that material on stage out loud. But the content's there. And it really showed... And with an already dipshit populace of an audience, it's just, it's, it's terrible. In a huge room, in a huge, like, theater room. Um, I, I, yeah, so you can do, you could do half. I can even, I think I could do, like, a lot less material, um, but need, need to present them right, you know just bells and whistles and make it work some other way because i can't just keep hammering i'm hammering away with one-liners and maybe i just need more or they need to be stronger or they need to be more fluid uh but to fill a huge theater and even the other performers are like man i don't know how you do straight stand up like it's brutal uh anyway but especially in a cruise ship where people you know they have their little cake and their little pie and their little meals and everything needs to be taken care of and they need their punch lines hand delivered and spoon fed as well you know I gotta say, there's the art, and then there's the art of commerce. Uh, there's the art of making it more palatable to people. Um, we know there's comics like this. There's musicians. There's TV producers. You know, I mean, come on. Was Aaron Spelling shows? Uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know that how quality that television was, but he knew how to make it work, right? Um, 
Lawrence Welk. I couldn't watch one second of it. The ratings are off the hook, right? Um, you know, other performers, uh, Garth Brooks, Kid Rock, Adam Sandler, Kevin Hart, Taylor Swift. My God, are you kidding? Taylor Swift. With these people, half the craft is making whatever they create, making it work. You know, they're not, they're not backroom people that are like, oh, here's, here's the atom. They're like, no, how do we make the atom like sellable to people? You know, uh, Sid Barrett of Pink Floyd, you know, was the genesis of it, right? The origin, the origin of it. Um, you know, it's, it's by the time you like Johnny Carson was not the original tonight show guy it was Steve Allen, but Johnny made it bounce from 62 to 92 steve not that it was doing bad when he left at all but just that's sometimes it takes two or three people you know um so whether you like the people i named whether you like their creation or not the magic for them is in making it work i think more so today than ever perhaps like kind of what tv maybe did for politics social media and the internet mtv way of doing things it's done that for these acts you know they're all talented people but at what point does it become just straight social media and image because it gets further and further from the genesis from the core you know um someday someone's gonna make a living off just doing taylor swift songs and they're not even taylor swift and they'll have a social media following and they'll be bigger than the most brilliant comic you know um you know, at what point is someone making a fortune off absolutely zero palpability, right? Just zero. Trump, Kardashians, Mask Singer, America's Got Talent, The Voice, Dancing with the Stars. You know, some of that is a gray area. There's plenty of talent. I mean, Jennifer Hudson came from one of those, I think, America's Got Talent, maybe, or The Voice. She's amazing. Um, so, but it's definitely, it's just not something I understand, right? Maybe it's, I'm too meat and potatoes. Um but maybe we're all victim to it and I'm just too tired to try to fight it or try to adjust, which is also a cop out, you know, look, humanity, Americans tired from our jobs, um, our marriage, you know, uh, our families, the their kids, you know, those things get all the effort. Those things exhaust our everything. It takes up all our resources our creativity, our, our threshold, our open-mindedness. So there's nothing left for real art. There's nothing left for real experience, real joy. They'd rather watch another cop show than something really clever, something really good, um, you know, to have your mind broadened. So we tune into garbage, you know, garbage news, garbage food, garbage diet, garbage television, garbage entertainment. You know, we settle for less. Um, we stop evolving. We hit a ceiling. On those things because we're like well i'm raising a family that's the right like i'm putting it all into raising a family and then we judge whatever single people unmarried people um people that dedicate their lives to an art to actually creating something and not just little people that consume the planet and consume resources um and this is all why we need a place called manhattan to keep us intellectual and adult-like Right to recognize there is a place where you can continue to explore human consciousness and be intellectually, visually, artistically stimulated and grow uh, and then give back to the mediocre minds. Um, I, think, I think it was years ago in the early 80s, someone criticized, someone from Orange County, Irvine or something, criticized the immorality 
of San Francisco. It was either the 70s or 80s. And the mayor at the time, Harvey Milk, came out and had a great quote. He said, he like compared the number of tourists who go to San Francisco every year versus the number who visit Mission Viejo or something like that. But it was hilarious and fitting, awesome and dead on. Um, okay, now it's a little overblown. And SF is in need of major work, but still plenty of tourists. And San Clemente and San Juan Capistrano, they get a lot of tourists. Those are great areas. But it's nothing like the art and history of a San Francisco or a New York or a Chicago. Um, <clears throat> great move, by the way, moving the baseball stadium into the city, both in San Francisco and San Diego. I don't know how that just slipped in. Uh, terrible move by San Francisco to move football to Santa Clara. It's just, I've heard, I haven't been there, but it just looks so... Uh, over overproduced and far away from the city and just removed from the great Niner teams and the soul. Uh, moving the basketball team into the city in San Francisco, whatever, they're good enough that it doesn't really matter. Um, that can be blanketed over because they'll probably win one or two more titles with that team. But San Francisco um, and San Diego moving their stadium closer to the water, to the beach, just revived those baseball franchises. Seattle's uh, Mariners, they're right on the water as well, right next to the um, Seahawks. Which is great, right? It makes just it's fun. You can walk down there. You got the ocean, you know, waterside property, port side beer uh, bars and restaurants. Fantastic. You just can't do it in L.A. You you can't get a stadium. I mean, the f- new football stadium is is closer to the freeway. It's still on the east side of the uh, freeway, but you can't get a a baseball stadium west of the freeway, right on the water. You know, it's just so embedded. The Dodgers, if you were to do that, it's so embedded in the Latino culture and kind of that eastern part of the city uh, following. And that stadium is so classic. And and West Side real estate, just I don't think it would allow for it. I think it would maybe be just too expensive. Um, and I don't even know where you'd put a new Dodger stadium. I mean, granted, you do have whatever Playa del Rey, whatever that swampland was that Arnold Schwarzenegger jumped into in Commando right by the airport. That's all, what, Marina Del Rey now, right by LMU? So I guess you could have Dodgers out there. I mean, it's probably too late now. But you could have maybe Dodger Stadium right there by the airport. I, I don't know. It, it's just Santa Monica. It would have to be down south of the airport, like Redondo. And that's like an hour and a half from where the stadium is now. So you'd lose some of your base. You, you have, you'd lose kind of the hipster a lot of hipster and Latino. Well, Latinos, man, they'll they'll support you through all that. But I think maybe you'd lose some of that following that is in the Silver Lake Echo Park neighborhood. Um, it'd be fun to see a beachside community react to uh, just a bunch of hipsters and Latino Dodger fans coming into town. Um, and I have no idea what the Angels are. You know, the Anaheim of Los Angeles Angels is so embarrassing. You know, it's laughable. There, you know, Los Angeles is in your title. It, quote me on this. There's more Red Sox fans in L.A. than there are Angel fans. Um, there's more Cub fans in L.A. than there are Angel fans. There's more Yankee fans in L.A. than there are Angel fans. And there's, and there's more Mets fans in L.A. than there are Angel fans in L.A. And you're claiming L.A. And it's so embarrassing to, you know, to have L.A. in there. And if I'm Orange County... Uh, if I'm an Angels fan, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, dude, this is ridiculous. Um, and it's just, it's a guard gate franchise with no identity. I mean, they have the title from 02, which is great. That was an amazing team. You're going to retire two of the greatest players in history with Trout and Otani and not even sniff the postseason. Your brand is in the basement. 
you know, get the California label back. They were the California Angels, Golden State Warriors. Those are cool. That was a California Angels was a great thing. Like, if I ever owned the Raiders, I'd move them probably back to LA and I'd call them the California Raiders. And then you tie in, you tie in Oakland. Um, you do a preseason game there every year, um, maybe preseason camp. Do a preseason game there, and then you do a preseason or regular season game in Mexico every year, and you you freaking get that brand. You get that Mexican Latino following. Not that you don't already have it, and call yourself the California Raiders. Then you got the whole coast. Um, so yeah, I don't know what the, the Angels are doing. Uh, get some baseball minds on the payroll. Get some, get some. Get, stop worrying if every fan has every app for all your merchandise. You plastic, fragile glass house organization. Clean it up. Um, God, people get so upset at Real Talk. It's like these shows on the ship, but. Both sides, though. Both sides. Office corporate on the right, woke. Uh, let's not hurt anyone's feelings on the left. And they blame each other for censorship. Chappelle was hilarious on SNL. Uh, I don't know what the writers were boycotting. I, I, I don't know. But they just look silly when he comes out and crushes it and addresses issues on network television. That Network television doesn't come close to anything real in the news and in their shows. And he comes out and does unbelievable. None of them could possibly do what he does. Um, so much of a writing staff now in television, in entertainment, but television, it's lobbying and not about creating. It's just making sure you, you have a relationship with the head writer. Like, how do I stay on? How do I stay employed? Covering your ass. It's like any other office job. You know, you got into the business to be creative and, and change things. And it's just like any other office job, sucking up, needing to be needed. Uh, and he's so refreshing. Thankfully, there is still a thing as undeniably funny that's out there in stand-up, in comedy. Because I believe comedy and funny have become two different things now with kind of this whatever agenda, uh, unwritten, but just this this fake no, uh, modesty level the playing field, but not really uh, thing that's going on. You know, these industry darlings where people are pushed through and forced through that aren't good and it's nice because eventually they do america sees it for what it is and those people don't go any further but you know Chappelle, rock louis ck they're undeniably funny i mean uh i'd say the show seinfeld the rogan podcast those are great interesting and funny and a place for real exchange the rogan podcast right um but I, i'm seeing like on social media the worst comedians the most mediocre comedians dissing Chappelle. It's like, man, it, it, what are you trying to do? Like, quit trying to impress the white woke girl you're trying to sleep with. Like, you're you're fake. You know, what's your gut? But you're trying to fit in with whatever, the Comedy Central thing. Um, come on, be a human. Use your brain. Your brain will, you know, will tell you and guide you. A conscience. Um have your own opinion, get angry about something real instead of talented, hardworking black men who absolutely knocked it out of the park in life. Dave Chappelle. Um, God, this episode's long. Somebody's playing the flute in one of these rooms. So I'm in the hall with uh, all the performers and entertainers. Our, our rooms are all lined up back to back. Can you hear that flute? I don't know if you can hear it. This microphone's so good up close. I don't know if you can hear those sounds far away, but um, one of the, I can't tell which side. Annie's on one side. She's a great singer from Australia. So it must be the other side playing the flute. Um, yeah, so this is the final Sunday from the sea. Next week I will be home for uh, 
I think two weeks. Is it two weeks? And then I head to uh, Mexico, Cabo. The week before Christmas, it's like an L.A. Cabo run. And then I go to Barbados, which is insane for New Year's, I believe. So um, Miami and Puerto Rico seem like forever ago. I think it's I think that was okay. My favorite place to stop so far on the trip, ironically, was the place we stopped two days in, which was Puerto Rico. It was our first stop. Uh, just a group, an island group, whatever. They just get it. They get it. Um, you know, these cruise ships, you're constantly on the move, so it kind of goes fast. Uh, you don't have time to process because you're on to the next place. Um, some wins, some losses, but you have a game, you know, the following week. Uh, it's been great seeing so many spots. The world becomes smaller in your head, hence the title, It's a Small World. Uh, you have new discoveries, new ways to be new ways to be down, depressed, new ways, new things that get you down um, when you go and see how some of these people live, whether it's Papua New Guinea, whether it's the Dominican Republic, whether it's Jamaica, you know, tough times. Um, you had a set paradigm, and then it gets blown away. And you're relieved that you were wrong about some things and bummed at new evils that you find in the world, or at least old evils that are reinforced, uh, new types of suffering, suffering you weren't aware of, uh, resources either running out, getting depleted, getting bought out by um, other countries, China. Um, yeah, mainly for me, the extent that China is branching out, buying so much, and just going to bulldoze where they can. Because who's going to stop them? How far are other countries willing to go? to stop them like I, i'm curious about taiwan they haven't made any you know they're not shying away and how much are we going to shy away but if it stays financial economic everyone gets paid off then then maybe everyone's leaving well enough alone but do we come to the rescue like is it us japan south korea uniting with taiwan and hong kong and taking on china is that how this thing plays out um Interesting. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Flying these. The world seems smaller in my brain, I guess. Each time you go to these new places, you know, it's great. I mean, there won't be unfamiliarity next time. When you hit a port, you'll know, okay, I'm going to take a private excursion to this thing or that thing or swim with the whales or get on a boat or take a helicopter next time I'm in uh, Cairns, Australia. Uh, is there a next time? It'll be so less daunting, I think. Flying all night to new places to jump on a ship on the other side of the world. The South Pacific was so new to me. Um, the Middle East would be a jump for me, or Africa? What does that mean? Uh, I'd love to do the Mediterranean or Japan. It'd be amazing to get back to. Okay. Um, some of the places we stop are you know, pretty questionable, hilarious. It's like, hey, here's the island that uh, it's known for... Um, uh, what what the hell do you guys have here? Uh, oh, there's a lot of twigs. Yeah, these little twigs. A lot of twigs fall off the branches. So we're going to stop here at this island, and that'll take a day. And, uh, you know, these twigs have been here for centuries. Very historic. Okay, back on the ship by five. Uh, and then we're out of Dodge. What's been great is to have nights to enjoy the cruise uh, because you're not performing. Like, so often you're performing on the last night as well as other nights, but on the last night. So you don't get to truly enjoy the whole experience because you know waiting for you is that last night of performances. Here I had a week, I think the last week I haven't had a show, which has been unbelievable. Um, you know, I've had plenty of nights on this whole voyage uh, to not perform. 
you know, I'm free to do whatever. I don't think they loved me on this Australian run. Part of it is the Australians. Part of it is the Americans that had been on for five weeks since San Diego and had seen me like three or four times. And they're like, come on, get some new blood. And it's just like, why are you coming back to the same, like, dude, you're coming back to the same show and then complaining? Um, also, these goons here, the, Australia's still in lockdown with masks. They're still wearing masks. Everybody on the ship's wearing masks. We weren't wearing masks in the Bahamas. We weren't even wearing them for the first half of this trip from San Diego to Hawaii to Tonga. And then we hit Sydney last week, and we returned kind of to dipshit mode. And now we've had to wear them on the ship. And I don't know if it's because of that breakout, probably. Um, but people are at a tipping point, man. Uh, with, with the Yeah, they do not are not happy about the masks. Um, and I'm getting off just in time because they're just I, the cruise director, the entertainment director told me they're just complaining about everything at this point. So I was happy, you know. I don't think she loved me or the comedy, but uh, she's fine with me as a human. Um, yeah, their priorities it, it's not, it's like, oh, this guy's got doing something different. Like, that's not happening on a cruise ship, you know. This clientele doesn't have time for something different, okay? They got a few hours left, all right? There's hearse. There's a bunch of hearse cars waiting for us at each port. Um, but it is, it, it's fine. You know, it, it can be depressing when these, this thing you worked on forever, whatever that is, is just dismissed by people and looked down on by people. Um, it's an entirely different opponent in this life, which is sensitivity. And I've just got to move past that and be like, okay, you move through that. You know, you just swipe left or right on these motherfuckers can you imagine the criticism coaches and presidents and any leader or successful person has had to hear people saying belichick is nothing without brady even though he's brought three different franchises to the super bowl and an additional one the browns to the playoffs he had the browns in the playoffs in the early 90s nobody takes the browns to the playoffs he did it in like what two or three seasons um you know so you know saving People I say when the guy's like, what, five national titles? It's just, are you serious? Don't embarrass yourself. With comedy, you're putting yourself out there. You're opening yourself up. It's not like you're doing cover songs, you know, where people can say, oh, wow, that was great. I never met Elton John, but I'll give you the same adulation that I would give him, even though all you did was sing his songs and got paid to do someone else's work. You know, um, I'll give you that adulation. You know, all the criticism, like Jennifer Aniston, she got over the years for being a TV actress and not enough for movies. Uh, it's like, are you serious? She was hilarious in, what was it called, Office Space. She's hilarious in that show with Reese Witherspoon where they do the news, which is whatever, a Netflix show or whatever, a streaming show. Um, Brendan Fraser, Keanu Reeves, Nicolas Cage, they all got kind of criticized. I'm trying to think of people, people who made it in both TV and film. Michael J. Fox was huge in both. Uh, Tom Hanks, I don't know if he was big in TV. I mean, he was on, he was in Booze and Buddies and then launched in the films, but I don't think Booze and Buddies was a hit. Um, was it? I don't think. Ron Howard definitely did TV and, and movies well. Um, DeVito, Danny DeVito, he's a good one. Um, but I don't know. People become punching bags, but you just keep going. You, you Like Rodney says, you got to be a tank. Rodney Dangerfield, just got to keep going. You don't even like give it a second go uh yeah you can't be a midwesterner you gotta become a new yorker or bostonian you know or it's like go f yourself um you gotta shake some of that and gaffigan's from indiana and he shook it all you know he's tough as hell right 
you know, many dopes he's had to put up with in his audience, and now he's one of the highest grossing comedians of all time. Um, and you don't even need revenge because who cares, right? That's the true self-love. The revenge will take care of itself. You just live well, you know. But for some people, it's not enough. No, I want, I want the, you know, if it's an ex relationship, or I want them to see me uh, living well. And it's like, well, then you're not living truly well. It's one thing to succeed. That's great, but let everything else fall into place. Um, so yeah, I have, a, I have basically a week left. We're close to done here. I guess. Well, I talked fast. I think in this episode. Um, oh no, there's a lot left. Are you kidding me? There's that much left? Oh, dude, I'm gonna punch this to next week. I think. Um, or should I just keep going? I've got so much. Okay. Uh, so I have a week left. I can't wait. This has been a challenge. I'm not gonna lie. It's been beautiful six weeks, but it's like boot camp. Um, everything is great, and then you're. On, I see. It's like boot camp. I'm not getting up at five in the morning in the mud and rain and getting yelled at, but. Uh, also, there's no community surrounding you. Only in the last few days have I kind of gotten with the other performers, which has been amazing. Um, and it's an unreal bond. It's an unreal bond. I just met a, th- a third or fourth one today, finally. I'm also opening up more, but uh, yeah, the guy's great. And we're just like, oh my God, hit it off. And we're like, oh, dude, we've been on the same ship for four weeks. Um, I don't know. You know, everything is great. And then you're on stage in a huge theater and have to endure your own voice for 45 minutes of silence, which is fine if I'm doing this podcast. But when you're needing laughs um, and the judgment, the expectations, and it's just like, oh, God, forget it. Um, You know, my dad used to bring people to shows, stand-up comedy shows. And it's fine for some, but for most, I'm like, Dad, they're not going to enjoy it. Like, one, one, several, not one, not more than one, several occasions he brought priests to my shows and not one priest, not the same priest, the different shows, multiple priests, multiple shows. People he did business with when my parents had the religious goods and gifts Catholic shop. I'm like, what do you like? They're not going to like this. this. Isn't like we're not playing music. I'm not doing Steve Allen theater or, you know, the Rat Pack stuff. This is insane. It, you know, you're bringing people to this. We're not playing music. You know, this isn't a play or a musical. This is stand-up, man. You're going to hear some gnarly stuff. It's not from me, but from some of the other comics. And you're bringing priests to it. Everyone's going to be cringe, man. But he did that. He threw people in uncomfortable situations, boy. Um, as an adult, I'm thankful because I can deal with most now that I see people just flail at in life when they have to sit with something they have to just get through three minutes and it's like come on come up with something so in a way i'm glad but i I do it too i throw people into uncomfortable situations but he did it to a fault jesus christ but it's impossible to please that you know if we're music or paintings people could at least pretend to like it but comedy is specific don't drag people to it like when family friends and relatives want to come i'm like no you don't okay it's not the tonight show with johnny carson all right i go back to toledo i tank it there man i tank it in front of relatives and old friends i don't even know why i play that market or tell people why when i'm there i don't know why they're drinking their gravy soup slurping like their meals in in, the perrysburg funny bone i'm like can you wait eat before or after the show do you always have to be eating toledo jesus christ dude Get the cholesterol checked. Or you, you know it. You already know it's at the maximum. Jesus, man. Come on. Um, 
but as with all rough outings it's been amazingly educational you know you almost want to thank the ship and the passengers who didn't laugh you know um so again i've said it before the overall experience is unreal just nuts it's like exploring the solar system it's such a concentrated experience every day new country new people new food um it'll take a long time to process this six weeks you know i'm doing cabo the week before christmas flying la to cabo for one show then back for half a week i don't know if i catch the ship in cabo whatever then barbados for new but it's a good existence i can't complain i definitely will complain um i shouldn't i need to figure out how to make this material work you know i have to go from patrick Keene to to garth or to sandler like how do i make a little goddamn money on some of this or get a name out there or get people enjoying this i I don't want to be i don't want to die and people go oh no had this joke just been tweaked or if we could have made this bounce off the page a little bit you know maybe in a different form if we could have got him some work in voiceover or a peripheral character in another show or you know um had his own kind of weird comedy off the wall thing or maybe he should have written comic book characters I, i don't know man um but i need to figure out how to make it work so i don't hate the shows so much right break it up maybe with some visual aids bells and whistles make it easier more palatable for this uh clientele um i will say god some of this writing is so bad i will say it makes you better doing these makes you better and makes the club work easier because you're basically doing comedy at a town fair it has to be clean um, you're doing it for people who specifically aren't there to see comedy, but rather they're just like on the ship. It was the main thing in the theater. Let's give it a shot and let's just go to it. And we're not going to laugh at all. You don't laugh at it. I mean, these people don't even talk to each other. I, I sit with them in the, the lunches and the restaurants and the bars. They're not even talking to each other. These married couples of 40, 50 years. I'm like, if I want to be silent, I can do it alone. Jesus. Are you sure you people are married? Um, they love the cover bands, singers, which is fine. They treat them like they're the people who wrote the music. I like them too. That's fine. Once in a while, one of them will take themselves too seriously. But they're talented. They can belt out a tune. Um, but this is their full-time gig. And they're very serious about it. And I should recognize that more. Uh, there's a funk when people don't like your act. And you're on the goddamn ship with them for weeks afterwards. You feel like the nerd in high school. Um and there's a repellent on you you know just before this is within the last hour there was a couple in the hall and they were trying to ask one of the stewards who didn't quite understand them they're like where can we get a toothbrush it's an, it's like come on the gift shop maybe do you, do you think so i'm like oh the gift shop on three it's just one below us and they wouldn't even look at me man they they knew who i was they wouldn't even look at me and i'm like it's just it's right if you, down the stairs one flight so you don't need to take the elevator because it's down on the way back up you take the elevator because elevators traffic is ridiculous on a cruise ship but i'm like it's just like one down and then underneath us they wouldn't even like look i'm like jesus christ but whatever they're babies you know these old people and i probably will be too they go back to being babies um because they have to be because like a lot of times they can't take care of themselves you know um i'm on my way there too right i'm probably already a baby in a lot of ways uh, but there is a funk when people don't like your act. Um, I have fake glasses. I just need a hat, maybe a wig. But I do have fake glasses that I wear. Um, people still recognize you, but it's not as easy when you have some fake, goofy glasses on. Uh, the wig is odd. That's extra. Because hat, glasses, those are something you wear anyway. But with the wig and a mustache, when you don't have a mustache, it's like, okay, what what are you doing here, man? Um, 
dude, I'm gonna keep going. We're at 35 minutes, but screw it. Uh, bonus. I uh, I'm not impressed with elderly Australians. You know, elderly English as well. I'd always held them on a pedestal for some reason, but really they're just another entitled white elderly group, right? Not the not the what's that? The great generation or whatever? The world's greatest generation. They're the ones after that that came in, you know, under the umbrella. Um. The cruise director was telling me they've all been on this ship too long and they're getting too ornery. So you have Americans who've been on too long mixed with Australians who are on a cruise ship circling their own country. Circumnavigating for Eric and Chris. Um, Don't give them too much to go on. I don't know what that means. Uh, I have to curb... I do have to curb the self-deprecating stuff a little bit. Like, because I was making fun of my show saying that the real comedian will be here in a minute. And I think that might maybe devalue their experience when really it's clearly a joke because like halfway through my set you know there's like a moment a lull and i'll be like all right guys i'm just warming you up for the real comic is going to be here that's funny you know what that's that's funny um but i think they maybe feel devalued like they're (laughs) they're so stupid uh i will say in talking to people after and around the ship whether they like it or not they almost become surprised when they find out you're a human being they literally ask if like you stay on the ship I'm like, no, what do you think? Like, do you think a set, do you, do you hear a helicopter come in at night? Like, do you hear uh, a little boat? Like, they don't put me on a little boat that, like, is connected to a rope with a bed mattress. And, like, yeah, I'm here with you. Um, as if you're an animal, you know. And they're like, oh, he's actually pleasant. And it's like, yeah, I was pleasant on stage, too. So you see their guard come down a little bit because they're too stupid to make the, that decision for themselves. Uh, but shows are done now. I can enjoy my last few days. Going to help one of the other performers with her show, uh, filming them, singer. She's great. Uh, and another Patrick. His name was performed. There were like a lot of Patricks. There were like three Patrick performers. Um, and then a couple other ones that have been hanging out with us, which is very fun. Um, that's enough, I think. There's so much. World Cup is coming up, so that'll be fun. And, uh, yeah, I'll talk. I'll, I'll, I'll plug this stuff for the next week. Thank you so much for listening. Um, yeah, I can't wait to get home and spend a little time. Not that I mind being out here, but the six weeks straight, you know, can't wait to wear different clothes to um, have, uh, you know, different food, not just from the cafeteria. And, uh, you know, you get back in your zone a little bit, and then I'll be ready to head back out pretty quick. But uh, I just need to reset here check the mail at home and stuff like that uh fascinating god who is listening to this uh thank you if you are but uh keen k-e-a-n-e keen like bill keen who wrote family circus like keen the band from england um keen on things podcast uh keen of comedy on all social media platforms instagram tiktok and uh, what's the other one facebook and instagram twitter yeah those are all Twitter, that sort of thing. Okay, guys, thanks for listening, and you know, uh, subscribe so you know right when these come out, uh, so you don't have to dig. All right, I love you. Thanks so much. Bye.